Oh, it is uh, Thursday, December 14th, 2023. Uh, on the prayer list, we have uh, a prayer for all those who've lost loved one this past year. Uh, Jerry and I met a, a, a young lady. Her name is Allie down Tuesday at the Greensboro, and she was very sad. And, uh, you know, I had told her we'll put her on the prayer list. And uh, <clears throat> she was a waitress. She was our waitress there. And um, uh, we just asked her, said, what do you need prayer for? And she paused, and she was sad. She said, this can be my first Christmas without my dad. And um, so it was getting to her, so we need to lift her up for sure. Um, Tommy King continued healing. Uh, he had a little heart procedure, Tommy did. I think he's doing all right. <clears throat> I don't know who knows Tommy here, but, uh, you know, Ray does. Um, Marcos, for his son. <clears throat> he always wants us to pray that his boy will come to Christ. For Gail, Janice, and Ruby, they're on our prayer team. They'll see this list and listen to this podcast probably. <clears throat> and um, they'll be praying. Vassie and Linda, John and Ruby, uh, President Trump and family, Marta and Charles and Sebrin. For our first responders, police, fire, and rescue. Our children and our grandchildren. Prayer for Bob's son, Mike, regarding the loss of his sister and um, unsaved family members. The situation in the Middle East and Ukraine. E-U-R-K-R-A-N-A. I, I like that, Bob. That's I, creative spelling class. It you must sounded have been... phonetically correct. <laughs> I didn't spell Israel word either, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just I-S-R-E-A-L. That one's easy. But Ukraine, is that a U or, does it start with a U or? U-K-R-A-I-N-E, I guess. Well, you got them. They're weaning Zelensky. They're not getting a whole lot more money. And I don't think they should because it's going down, going down a daggone black hole. Uh, Dodd Ayers uh, lost her son, Dennis, and uh, the others in the family. On Dennis's loss, he was he was a true believer. I trust he's with the Lord. The IDF in Israel and Israeli people, people that are alone this holiday. It can be a lot, so you want to reach out. All veterans and um, Ray's praying for Osman and politics. Politicians to get saved. That's a tall order. <laughs> God's probably thinking, how long do you want this bridge? No. Um, Gordon, you had a couple of additional things that I didn't. Uh, innocent people in Israel. Innocent people in Israel, yes, okay. No apparent reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say Marla got in touch with you? Yeah, she's been listening to the podcast. And salvation, and they always do, she and Charles. Mm-hmm. Uh, wants to lift up Sebron. I guess that's her nephew for that <clears throat> custody situation. <clears throat> Salvation for all lost family members. And, um, 
save and protect Christians. For Eric, for John, Rex, Ted, Israel, America, and Bobby is in the hospital. Let's join hands. And Lord, we thank you for this assembly. We thank you that Jack has joined us tonight, and it's a real honor. We just pray, God, you be with us, teach us, help us understand, guide us on the path you'd have us to be on. I pray that you consider these names and situations that we have mentioned here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I'm going to take just a few minutes, and um, not much, and then turn it over to Earl. Um, <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians 5. Probably verse 16, rejoice evermore. <clears throat> That's a two-word verse. Pray without ceasing, verse 17. How do we do that? It's in all we do. You know, like uh, you're working on a machine or something. I've been praying for Forrest with that washing machine he's working on. That the Lord might give him the victory. Um, well, everything you do, Pray. You get on the highway, pray. Yeah. Especially these days. <clears throat> but we pray without ceasing. Verse 18, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We're supposed to give thanks in everything. Because God can use all things to work together for the good of those who love Him. <clears throat> so it may not seem like something you want to thank Him for, <clears throat> but he'll work it out for the good. In the end, he will. Verse 19, quench not the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit calling on you, on the Spirit within you, to stop and give that person a ride to uh, maybe uh, give a few dollars to someone. It looks like maybe they could use it. Verse 20, despise, not prophesying. Prophesying. What does that mean? Well, in 1 Corinthians 14, it's, it can mean that you know stuff that you shouldn't otherwise know. Well, it's like what Jesus did to the woman at the well. She said, I don't have a husband. And he said, I know you don't have a husband. She had four in the past, and this man you're with now is not your husband. She said, I perceive that you're a prophet. <laughs> it's an understatement. He's God of all creation. So many people don't recognize the deity of Jesus. I'm going to hit a verse here and kind of get some handles on what the Trinity really is. Verse 21, prove all things. Prove all things. Somebody tells you something. Just like the other day. <clears throat> I had a guy sent me an article on social media. I didn't read the article. The title of the article was, Israel could lose this war. But I prove all things. And um, 
Jerry, could I bother you to get Ray a refill there? Sure. Thank you, sir. Need something actually in order to drink. Sir. Well, that's no worry. When you're thirsty, you're thirsty. Jesus said, I'll give you living water, and you won't thirst again, didn't he? Let's hold that woman at the well, that very thing. Prove all things. So the Bible tells me that once Israel has been brought back, and they were in 1948, well, that is a miracle. Do you know that there are church denominations out there that pay no attention to that? They don't consider that a fulfillment of prophecy. They consider it just an a coincidence. I will have to say this. Thank you, Gary. If you really think that, if you're sitting in front of a minister who thinks that and is teaching that, you need to get out of that church. That's called replacement theology. It is. And they don't like that. Replacement theology. That means the church has replaced Israel and has done nothing of the kind. The Bible makes it clear the different roles that Israel and the church have. Um, well, but, there's one covenant that God said He will never break, and that is with Israel. Yeah, I mean, He made that covenant with Abraham. He slaughtered an animal, and you know, and He and Abraham walked in a figure eight. That is uh, that figure eight is today what infinity. we use for the symbol of infinity. That's Abraham right. was passed out. Abraham was asleep. He had nothing mm-hmm. to do with it. He didn't make <laughs> it. God did. <laughs> Two witnesses. Okay. God did it. Prove all things then. So I, I don't need to prove anything about that. Well, I can. I, you know, and I told the guy, I said, uh, Israel is not going to lose. I said, you don't have to even think that. But he was not a believer. He wasn't a Christian. <clears throat> you know, uh, Clarence Larkin wrote a book on the book of Daniel that I've got somewhere. And... Um, I enjoyed seeing, he wrote it in 1926. I enjoyed seeing him say, now, these things can't come to pass until Israel is back. Is where it belongs. Israel's coming back. 1926. But but that's what the Bible said. And Sir Isaac Newton believed the Bible. Sir Isaac Newton said, Israel will be back. He studied prophecy as much or more than he did science. They don't tell you that in school, though, because while well, that might make you crack the cover on this Bible, if Newton thought it was worth studying, and when somebody tries to play the intellect card on me, see, I was an atheist nearly 40 years. I was a bad atheist. I, um, I blasphemed God, and I undermined the faith of true believers. I hate I did that. I know the Lord's forgiven me. But um, you, you can you can trust this word. Newton trusted it. <clears throat> I'll ask that so-called intellect. Uh, have you identified any laws of physics lately? Have you invented any mathematical systems such as calculus lately? Then, if you haven't, your intellect card is no good here, right? So. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. Verse 23. 
And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, completely, W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have a spirit and a soul and a body, and we've talked about this. Your spirit is the what's born again. You have to be born again. Your soul is your mind, your consciousness, which will be conscious forever. Um, <clears throat> the brain's not the mind. The brain is an instrument that the mind uses to navigate this body through this life. Um, you'll always be conscious somewhere. And of course, uh, your, your body, your flesh. Now, God's body is Jesus Christ. We are made in his image according to Genesis. Let us make man in our image. So God had a, a, a body, and a, or he had, it was himself first. God the Father is the mind of God, and Jesus Christ is the body. And um, <clears throat> the spirit, God consciousness throughout all his creation. And when we are born again, we're in a way born into his fellowship and born into that creation. We're told in uh, Ephesians 6 and verse 18 to pray in the Spirit. And I wondered about that. Praying in the Spirit. What does that mean? You've got to tune in. You've got to log on. You have to get in the right mindset activating your own spirit that God has renewed in you. He is... When you were born again, your spirit became alive. And Jesus said, I am in you, and you're in me. Right? That's that's how the spirit works. It's a complete connection to the Godhead and all things that he's created. So um, when you are in that understanding and mindset, and you pray, you're praying in the spirit. You know, it's like you... You can't go online and find out anything until you log on. And so I'm going to research this subject. I'm going to research how to repair this washing machine that Forrest is working on in there. First thing i got to do is get online. I've got to connect. So you can pray to a fence post. If you're not connected to God, you'll, you might as well. You can get into that God consciousness. You, you can tell when your spirit is where it belongs. It might take you a few minutes, you know, to just clear your head. And I think it's one of the reasons the Lord says, have a place that you go to, you know. Have a certain place. doesn't have to just be one place because you could be out of town. You're going to have to make another place. But go to a place really uh, spiritually, mentally, spiritually, and, and, and feel that. And um, and know that the connection comes alive, and say, Lord, this is this is why I'm here. But Jesus gave us a model prayer: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. When you come to Him, you you lift Him up, you honor Him because He loves you. You know, just like your own child, you would like your child to, they hadn't seen you in a while, and they walk in the house and. You don't want them just to start saying, well, you know what? I need about $1,000, Dad. 
need a thousand bucks. No, you. It's not that you won't help them. It's not that you won't give to them, because you love them. But wouldn't it be nice if they said, "I missed you. I really. I have been looking forward to seeing you. I'm glad I'm here." Honor your father, and then give us this day our daily bread. Then you can ask, because he wants you to. He can give anything. He can do anything. God's storehouses never run empty. But you don't want to use God because you won't get away with that. So that's what I had on praying in the spirit and <clears throat> the admonitions there in First Thessalonians five. And um, I have a question. Yes. Um, in Romans uh, eight, I think twenty-seven, <clears throat> says that we know not how we should pray. Eight twenty-six. Twenty-six. Rex Ella. Um, oh, Jack Van Ampula. <laughs> But, but he says that the, the Holy Spirit intercedes. Uh, am I to take that, that that we hardly or never know what to pray for? It does <laughs> sort of read like that. Yeah. Let's have Earl address that and yeah. then take us on into Daniel afterwards. Do we know what to pray for? Does that, that verse as we read it, let me mark up Daniel here. Um, Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Groanings which cannot be uttered. Earl. Now, there's two things going on here. Do we know what to pray for? And the answer is, in most cases, yes. If you've if you got a sick person or a person who's lost, you fill in the blank. You know you pray for that person. But do we know how to pray for that person? And the answer in most cases is no. We've got to be in the Spirit and address the Spirit. That's what I was getting at. To, to lead us in the direction of where we should pray. And in many cases, which we don't know very the, the Spirit prays for us. And it addresses what we don't know how to pray for. We know I'm about. We know how to pray. I'm praying for you. Or you're praying for me. Yeah. Now we know that. But how are we supposed to pray for? If we just jump in and start praying and, and saying words, it doesn't mean anything. We've got to be, like you said a moment ago, we've got to be connected with the Spirit. Now, in, in the Bible, they been sealed with the Holy Spirit. And we know what that means. If you're born again, You've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now I know a lot of Pentecostals that say you don't you don't get the Spirit to speak get good enough to speak in tongues. Speak in tongues and get the Holy Spirit. That's not biblical. No. Mm -hmm. Now there's another phrase: being filled with the Holy Spirit. That means being controlled by the Holy Spirit. When you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit you got all the Holy Spirit, but you Holy Spirit have all of you. Mm -hmm. And the answer in ninety nine percent of the cases no. And we probably won't have to. We're going to glorify our bodies. Mm -hmm. But we know what to pray for in most we cases. We don't know how to pray. We don't know how to pray for it. 
Well, okay, in, in 27 it says, Now he that searches the hearts, hearts, plural, mm -hmm. knows the mind of the Spirit. Now, he's searching our hearts, the Holy Spirit is, and, and, um, and he knows what his mind is. So, so how do you take that? Like, like uh, he knows what you mean, but you don't know what you mean. <laughs> well, that's pretty well true. Yeah. Now, you, when you see such the hearts, go right quickly to Isaiah seventeen nine. Not Isaiah, Jeremiah seventeen nine. I'm going to give you a contradiction, that which is not a contradiction, by the way. You said such the hearts. Mm, desperately wicked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And who can know it? And who can know it? God says he well, knows. Now the heart means the inward part, our very deepest thought, mm -hmm. and he searches our very deepest thought of what we are really thinking and want to do, and then he helps us with that. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately and desperately wicked. wicked. Who can know, know it? it. Well, Heck, who, think about your dreams. Think of some of the stuff you do, yeah. or I do. I'll tell well, you. Well, all of us do. I'm yeah. like, Lord, you didn't see that, did you? Well, <laughs> yeah, he saw. It says, but, but the whole point is, he knew he was going to do it before you did. That's right. Yeah, it says in 27, he knows it. Yeah. <laughs> who, who could know it? Well, the answer is, it's he knows, knows it. Absolutely. Knows. We don't know our own hearts. And see, that's the reason we don't know how to pray. Because we don't know. I mean, we could do things that in God's sight. It's not right. We don't even know it. Mm -hmm. That that goes back to Romans one nine. Uh, one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. First John one nine. First John. I said Romans. First John one nine. Yeah. And forgive us all our sins. That's the sins we don't know about. Yeah. I call them bugs on the windshield sins. Yeah. You just can't help but do it. They just you know. And if you don't do that, First John one nine window cleaning. Pretty soon you can't see the road. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and you know, in the end of 27, it says that uh, he, he makes intercession for the saints according to his will concerning prayer. Uh -huh. Okay, now, that's pretty clear that it has to be somebody that's born again. Well, sure. Saints. saints. It, it, as a place of two in Psalms, it, it says he does not hear the prayers of, of mm -hmm. unbelievers. Except that one prayer. Or one Just prayer. Cry out to God, save me, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Save me, Lord. But you start praying in unbelief, or if you're an unbeliever, over particular things, he's not going to hear you. You're wasting your time. If you say, Lord, forgive me, yes. The Bible is very clear. Anyone that calls upon my name. And, yeah, and David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe you can expand on that a little bit. Well, I think he's talking about if you are a believer, and, and especially a non-believer, if you, and David had drifted a long, long way from the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was going down the other road. In rebellion. In rebellion. Mm -hmm. And if he, if he pray, and not in the Spirit, just with himself, he's not going to hear you. The sins and iniquities thing I had thought about in years past, because they're separate things, it seems, and my best guess is, you know, sin is the bug on the windshield. You know, you just surge up against some driver that cuts you off or get aggravated. Yeah. Iniquity is premeditated, first degree, going to the strip club tomorrow at Princeton. God won't mind. You know, when you pray it and you go, you know, and you just do it. Or you you put it in your mind and you do it. And, and you know, uh, that is premeditated iniquity. Uh -huh. That's just my my thought. Well, that's a, that's good. That's a good line to go on. Uh, of course, in God's viewpoint, 
it doesn't have to be premeditated. He already knows you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it says, it says, if you say you have no sin, the truth ain't in you, and you make God out to be a liar. Mm-hmm. So we screw every, we screw up all the time. I mean, just get out on eighty one for ten minutes, and you're going to have some impure <laughs> well, thoughts. Well, I guarantee, you, and that, that goes back. Can you lose your salvation in, in, no, in a broad sense? I season. understand that. In a broad sense, and I guarantee, you, if we could, we do it. We before we got home. Yeah. yeah, we'll go out to the woodshed. God will take us out there and chasing us. To whom God loves, Hopefully. to chase him. Yeah. Well, now there is such a thing as chasing. If we sure. keep, if, if a believer, now he can't chase a lost person. He condemns a lost person. But if you're a saint and keep getting, just keep back and sin, 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 he's going to chase you. And sometimes it's not very pleasant. Right. Sometimes they'll take you home a lot sooner yeah, yeah, than you plan. Yeah, he will. And a non-believer chases themselves. Yep. And a lot of them, they get they get away with everything. Well, they think, yeah, they think at the time, but and eventually it'll find them out. But you don't lose salvation once he saves no. you. You're saved. Now you can look like you're not saved. You can lose your rewards. Definitely lose your rewards. You can lose that abundant life. You know, uh, you can. Uh, Set a bad example for others. Absolutely. But uh, y'all ever gone to a church in Washington D.C. on a Sunday? Tell me about. It's just is there such a thing? (laughs) (laughs) They got several really nice churches there, and they're full of people. And you start looking around and wondering. Well, you do. You can't help it. You can't. It says don't judge, but you still. A lot of things we we steal in the flesh, and we look at Tom, Dick, and Harry. Well, they're not saved. We don't know that for sure. They don't have any fruits, maybe. I think a lot of them politicians are just window dressing. And, you know, even as corrupt as the Catholic Church is, they have said you can't hold a pro-abortion point of view politically and, and be in the Catholic fellowship, you know. and they <laughs> Pelosi, yeah. But, yeah, I mean. Um, yeah. Somebody raised a lot of eyebrows concerning the abortion issue not too long ago, I heard. They said, well, when does life start? You know, or when are abortions still okay to perform? And they were going through this different litany. And I understand, Jeremiah, since I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Somebody said, well, if the baby is three months old or something like that, or if it's just starting to crown, you know, coming up, it's a partial birth abortion. And one person said... I think they ought to extend that to 18 years of age, you know? And it says, because at that point in time, you know whether the kid's going to be flying straight, level, and true, and if he's not, whack him. And they were just firing for effect, really, but it's like, where does life start in the minds of some of these people? Uh, We see in chapter 12 of the book of Job, if you're into King James, every living thing has a soul. The soul of every living thing. Awareness. So that child, once it is, once the conception takes place, it's a living thing. If it weren't living, it wouldn't grow, right? What did John the Baptist uh, say about John the Baptist? There you go, yeah. He's hopping around in his He's hopping around. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth. We're going to Daniel 2, right? Yeah. We're still in 2. We're still in 2. And it's always interesting when you get in the middle of a study and you got a new person. And you don't want to just leave them out and not and not get them context. Okay. But yeah. you don't want to go back and review everything we've gone through. Are you an expert in Daniel? No. <laughs> uh, and another thing I want to do when we get through chapter two, 
Bob brought something up last week. Now that's what you get when you get into a good Bible study. There's always these, somebody will ask a question. Segways. It opens, uh, opens up something else. And we was talking about a saint last week. Three kinds. And, and well, me. there's probably three and probably four, actually. But what I want to talk about, not now, but when we get through with Daniel 2, is what is a saint? How many kinds of saints are there? What happens at the resurrection? I've, I've had preachers, heard teachers say that the rapture of the church is the first resurrection. That's not true. The rapture of the church is part of the first resurrection. Well, wait a minute. I didn't think these were two resurrections, the first and second. Yes, the second resurrection is an event. The first, resur res uh, first resurrection is a category. What do you mean a category? That goes back to how many saints are there. We know there's Old Testament saints, church age saints, tribulation saints, and probably millennial saints. I think so. Now, what happens to the millennial saints at the end of the millennium? We're going to talk about that. People say, well, they're going to be resurrected like mm -hmm. the rest of them. Can't be. Got to be dead to resurrect. Well, you've got to be dead to be resurrected. But when did the first resurrection end? If there's no first resurrection at the end of the millennial, then they can't be resurrected to the first resurrection. You kind of with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there'll be people. There'll be people, people who die. live yeah. and do die. That's lost people. And, well, the ones who die in the millennial age. Yeah. You know, uh, will they? You know, can they die in salvation to Christ during the millennial age? It's a good question. No. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to prove it to you when we get there. All right. I'll, I'll prove it, but I won't prove it to you. I'll prove it in Scripture. Mm -hmm. But if there is no first resurrection at the end of the millennium, can you be resurrected as a believer? And the answer is no. You can be resurrected as a non-believer. That's when the second resurrection is, at the end of the millennium. But there is no first resurrection at the end of the millennium. Yeah. There's four stages or three stages of the first resurrection. And we talk about that. What makes up the church? The believing saints that's in Christ, right? Yes. It says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Someone go I'm just going to give you the thing about go to John chapter fourteen, verse seventeen. And read this very slowly and look at the tense. Even the spirit of truth, yeah, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, dwelleth with you is what tense? Now, present. present. At that time, now, right. at that time. Yeah. Present and past, right? Yeah. It, it, the Holy Spirit is with him. Will be in you is what tense? Future, future, future tense, right? Will be in you. Yeah. See, the Old Testament saints could not have the Spirit in them. I've heard people say that the uh, Old Testament saints will be resurrected or raptured with the church age saints. Impossible. When it says the dead in Christ shall rise first, they're not in Christ. But when are they resurrected? Now, I'd just give you something to think about. Maybe next... Oh, we'll have a Bible study next week. Why not? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go to Daniel chapter 2. Okay. And verse uh, 31. Let me keep, 
get you caught up. Now, your name is Jack. Jack. I'm learning. I'm, this is the first Bible study I've ever been to, and I'm totally impressed. I'm just learning, and I'm not going to interfere. I'm all ears, and I'm being caught. Well, if you're just That's learning, awesome. I can tell you anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I won't do that. I won't do that. Now, that doesn't mean I'm right about everything. Don't misunderstand. I haven't known anybody if it's that Well, I don't either. <laughs> but now, what's going on here with Daniel? There's been seven nations. In eternity, or not in eternity, in history, mm -hmm. that has ruled the known world totally from Egypt until Rome phase two at Armageddon. Now that is Egypt, the Assyrians. That's two before Daniel's time. Daniel is speaking of his time onto the end. That's Babylon. Now when you talk about Babylon, you've got to def use a definition. Is it Nimrod's Babylon or Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon? Nimrod is a first world dictator. Uh, the times of the Gentiles begin with Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon and ends at the, at the uh, Armageddon, at the second coming. Now you understand the difference. Are you pre-trib or post-trib? Do you know? No. About the rapture of the church when the church will be caught up. No. I do, you, no do you know what the tribulation? Yes. That, that's bad terminology. We're all using bad terminology. It's Daniel 73 called the time of Jacob's trouble. Mm -hmm. But it's seven years long. Mm -hmm. Now, will the church go through that, in your opinion, or, or not? That seven-year period? Say no. No. Talking to your pre-trip, right? Your pre -trip. Now, you're right. I agree with you 100%. Your pre-trip. Go, <laughs> your pre-trip. Now, they see people, including his poor brother, yeah. believes that the church will go through that. He didn't always. He got a doctor. Yeah, he, my you're right, he neighbor. did. Well, we don't have time now, but we can go back and prove the scripture. When I say I can prove it, don't misunderstand me, you can prove it the scripture. I can't prove anything. But the church will not go through the tribulation. We just read in Christ, the moment you become a believer, after Pentecost, back in the, in the Feast of Pentecost, back yeah. 2,000 years or so ago, you become a believer. You become in Christ. The Old Testament saints before that could not no, be in Christ. Yeah, and if the church is taken out before the tribulation, then the tribulation saints, and they can't be in Christ because the church is already gone. Right? Mm -hmm. You with me? Okay. But they can be saved. But they can, now they all can be saved. Hmm. During that time, the, um, People who are living in that tribulation period of time and, you know, there's a lot going on. And when you look at the Bible, some of the things that are mentioned uh, sound exactly like nuclear Armageddon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. About how they're, yeah. you know, their flesh, flesh will melt. consume away in their eyes and their sockets while they're standing mm -hmm. on their feet. Mm -hmm. That's uh, uh, Zechariah. Zechariah 14. Mm -hmm. And I know you got your Ezekiel, which I think Ezekiel 38 is that. So, yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in any event, um, you know, when it talks about having to have this mark, which we believe is going to be a chip that you can't buy or sell, you got to have that, and it's called the mark of the beast. Don't take that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, the church will be removed before all of that goes down. Simply, You know, Jesus said in... Um, Luke 17, when he comes to be like it was in the days of Noah, people are buying and selling and marrying, giving in marriage, and then boom, 
the churches or the, the, the righteous people are taken away. And same with Sodom and Gomorrah. People eating, drinking, buying, selling, marrying, giving in marriage, and boom. Uh, the righteous ones are removed, and then the judgment comes. So, you that, know. That's a type of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are type of ultimate rapture of the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jack, are you born again? You know? Mm-mm, don't think so. Don't know okay. enough to be able to answer. See, you don't have to know. You don't have to know. If any of us knew anything how to be born again, we, it wouldn't work. <clears throat> Jesus didn't say we had to be smart to be born again. All we've got to do is call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. That's the most important thing that has to happen. But that's what I did when I was a kid. Well, that's okay. If if you did that and you're sure you did that, you're saved. Oh. If you meant it. Yes. Now, saying being born again is the same thing. Being born again just means from above. From above, yeah. Is your heart toward God. I got you. You have a heart for God. Yes. If you died right now, hopefully that's not true. Do you know where you'd go? Okay, okay. So yeah, Smoke, smoking or non-smoking? <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm. I'm, I'm not gonna be on fire. I've, I've already died twice, and I've had stage four cancer twice. And there's a reason I'm still here with you. You're a miracle. Earl here is a miracle too. They left him for dead. Boy, about how long a ago? A year ago. About a year ago. Yeah, just everybody was already writing. Planning the funeral. Yeah, planning the funeral, making out of you, but God. Intervened, and God intervened on your part, Jack. Yeah, you know He saved you against all odds. He did, and so you know, probably because He would hope that you live for Him. Amen. Amen. So, if, as long as you're comfortable that you're saved and going to heaven when you leave this world, there's nothing else we can say. I mean, you you can't be saved twice. I got you. And being saved doesn't look like all this pious butter won't melt my mouth stuff. You know, we, we, we get a little colorful with our language here and we there. Do. Sometimes I, I say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm from the south side of the kingdom. Um, but, you know, true believers sometimes are a little hard to pick out. They are. And, they, and then the ones who seem like, you know, they got it all together, they may have a heart of stone yeah. inside, you know, <laughs> right? I found more of them that were phony as they could be. Exactly. Yeah. And and Satan uses those to mm-hmm. turn people away from this truth. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's a good point. Yeah, he sure does. Yeah. Yeah. But back to Daniel. Now, now, that's what we want to talk about next week is the first resurrection versus the second resurrection versus the millennium. And this is all podcast. I'll send you a link. You can listen oh, okay. to it anytime you want to. But that is what we're going to talk about. Now, I think everybody understands there's two resurrections. Only two. But how can a Old Testament saint be resurrected at one time, the church age saints be resurrected at another time, the tribulation saints be resurrected at another time? When well, Jesus two... went down and preached the gospel after he died, right? Well, not necessarily. He not... didn't go down and preach the gospel to those people in Sheol? Not I believe necessarily. So. I think so, but... Uh, <clears throat> preaching doesn't necessarily mean the good news. It makes it means to make a proclamation. He went down and told them something. Right. What did he tell them? Now, who were these people? They weren't believers. They was in, in the other side. No, I'm talking about the people corked up in Abraham's bosom. Down no, there. no, he didn't go to preach. Why would he? Because. 
I believe he went because there's no way to God the Father except through Christ, and they're waiting on Christ. I think that was, I think the cross fulfilled all that. Well, yeah, but I mean they were they had to be told who the hold. Go to First uh, Peter. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to get into something here. I didn't mean to. Okay. We're not going to go too far. Well, like you said, we take a uh, little. Deviations in right Yeah, that happens all the time. First Peter, chapter, uh, I believe it's chapter 3, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, verse 17. Just pick it up and read it, the first two or three verses. I'll let you guys read it. 317. Or it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Now just stop just one second. Is that what you, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. He went and preached to the spirits in, in prison. Now preach there doesn't mean... The good news, the gospel. It means to make a proclamation. And the proclamation here is what you guys tried to do didn't work. Now read verse 20. Which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Now, who were these people that he went and made this proclamation to? And the Diluvians. Uh, yeah, but another issue. And I stop up your ears, you don't need to hear this. <laughs> the Nephilim, the, the Rephidim, the, the people that Well, we were talking about that earlier. Jack knows about <laughs> Okay. Well there's one there's one thing I'm gonna say about that. Uh it says he went and preached to them that were in prison. Mm-hmm. If you're in prison, would you be saved in prison? No. I mean prison is somewhere you go that Right. Yeah, yeah. But prison here means confinement. Okay, but now I agree with you. Now, these when Ephesians chapter five he says he descended has ascended. I'm right S four, and I'm here now. Okay, uh, wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high, that's Ephesians four verse eight. He mm-hmm. led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He took some people with him. Okay, now what that means? He ascended. He did ascend. But he also descended. Mm-hmm. Now well, that can mean three things. They three different words. It means he descended to earth, lower parts of the earth, verse nine, to the grave, or to the center of the earth. The center of the earth. It says, "Now he, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended mm-hmm. first into the lower parts of the earth?" Now the lower part. It, it, it goes like this. the lower parts. Now where he's at, the earth would be the lower part, right? right. It could be the earth, the grave, or the pen, the bottom's pen. It could be one Sheol. Of Sheol. Well, they were captive. To me, they're captive because they're Old Testament saints, and they cannot go to God the Father and, except That's, through Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this question. This, this is a thought. The rich man of Lazarus in Luke, Luke 16, yes. when Lazarus died, now he's a believer. He went to Abraham's bosom. Now, Abraham's bosom just means alongside Abraham. Who carried him? Angels. The, the angels. I'm a firm believer 
that the cross set these guys free. That was in Abraham's bosom. Mm. That was in paradise. I think at the cross, as it set us free, it set those guys free. And I'm a firm believer that angels carried them to heaven. Well, you would have to know. They would have to go through Christ, though, right? They'd have to know that name by which no one can be saved by any other name. Well, uh, that was in, in a different issue in a different time period. Yes, we do mm. now. We have to. We have to know that. They didn't know Christ at the time. They knew he was coming for some reason. At some point in time, they didn't know anything hardly about him. They just believed there was a future event that was going to happen. These people in Abraham's bosom, it's not a question of whether they're saved or not. They're saved. They're saved. They wouldn't they be wouldn't there. Be there. Yeah. Are so, they still there? Where do you think they are now? No, they're empty and gone to paradise and heaven. Right. Wasn't that because Christ went down there and preached that gospel to them? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I do because they're not saved. They're not saved by the gospel. They're saved by faith. But, but you yeah. trusted before. Yeah, but there's no other name given on the men by which one can be saved. Right. And, and he did the work. He come. did the work. So, but okay. the, the name they have to know his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have and to know his name. Right. And that's the Old Testament says he's pointing to the cross. Yes. We're pointing the other way. Back to the cross. The ones that were in Belgium. Oh, we got about Those 20 minutes. We better dig into that, Daniel. <laughs> Let's go to Daniel. <laughs> okay. Daniel 2. That's, that's interesting. But we'll talk about that more next week. Okay. Uh, but that's not what I was going to talk about there. It's just the resurrection in the millennium. But in, in verse 31, now Nebuchadnezzar had took Daniel and his boys captivity in 605 B.C. This is two years later in 603 B.C. And Nebuchadnezzar was, was the king of the world. At that time, he, he controlled everything. He could key you, chop your head off at the drop of, of a button. And he had this major dream, and he didn't understand it. And he inherited a bunch of so-called experts on stuff like that from his father and from his grandfather. And he asked them to come in and tell him what the dream was, and then tell him the interpretation. They couldn't do it. They didn't, couldn't tell him what the dream was. He said, tell me what the dream is. And then interpret it. Then I'll interpret it for you. And he said, no, you're going to tell me what it is. And then interpret it too. He said, you're going to read my mind. Yeah. If you know God, if you know the real God, you'll be able to read my mind. And they couldn't do it. And he said, I agreed to kill all the wise men and stuff. And Daniel and his buddies were included in that bunch of people. Before they got to killing people, Daniel went to Arioch, the, the guy under Nebuchadnezzar, mm-hmm. the, I'll call him the lieutenant, yeah. and said, give me f- a few minutes. And what he was saying, let me go home and pray about it. And I'll pray to the true God. And he'll reveal it to me. Now that's faith like you've never seen before. He didn't say maybe he'll reveal it to me. He said he will reveal it to me. He didn't know where he was going to or not. Right. But he did. And, it, and, uh, and when Daniel got back, he, he went in and, and told the king in verse 31, says, You, O king, were watching, and behold, a great image, the great image whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form were awesome. This image's head was fine gold, or was gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze. That's three kingdoms that preceded each other. Drop down to verse 38. And wherever the children of men dwell, of the beasts of the field and the birds of heaven, he has given them into your hands, but made you rule them all. You are the head of God, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of yeah. this great image. And, it, and Babylon lasted about eight or seven years. 
Next it came, and we're going to look at Daniel 7, covered the same time period. But Daniel had the same dream 50 years later. He called them beast. That was from God's viewpoint. This great image that Nebuchadnezzar had is from man's viewpoint. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar got a, on a pride trip in chapter 3, and, and he wanted to be the whole thing. He ultimately got saved. He ultimately, in chapter 4, <clears throat> got saved. He was a big man on campus, so yeah. he was like a Greyhound bus driver. I've, I've watched some Greyhound stuff, documentary. Yeah. Greyhound treats those drivers like little dictators. If they decide they don't like you wearing a Cincinnati Reds ball cap, I'm going to throw you off the bus, they do it. Yeah. Anyway, it's just an aside. <laughs> I was thinking about ultimate power. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now, see this this dream that this guy had, Nebuchadnezzar, represents history right up until the present day. Right now, uh -huh, if uh -huh. you start looking into this thing, you can see history that Unfold. past history yeah. unfolding. The storm clouds are rolling in right now. That's what makes this such no, an interesting book. Mm -hmm. You know, we're down to the, toes. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we're, we're the, at the base of the, the toes is, is fixed to be brought forward. Yeah, yeah. amalgamation. It doesn't work. These ten. Nations that are not fitting now, together very well. Ten toes yeah, cool. represents ten nations. That's going to come out of that's Europe. About, uh, now, don't misunderstand right. me. Europe is not the Roman Empire. No. Totally. It may be part of it <clears throat> at that point in time. The thing that I think is so cool that God could look down through the corridors of time and knew that we'd be having this conversation here tonight. <laughs> he yeah, knew yeah. that we'd be here tonight, and Jack showed up, and I don't know why you're well, here, let Jack, me tell but it's pretty interesting. You was going to get confused. <laughs> I'm, 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 I, believe it or not, you guys done put me in the position where I got to go home, dig my Bible up, and read this thing and try and digest it. I'll tell you something to look at, Jack. This one right here is a little hard to understand. What if? Oh, that's clear. a King James. Yeah, the uh, NIV works good. Yeah, but the best to me. Now I don't want to offend anybody. Most people say the King James, and it's an excellent translation. Now I said translation. The King James is a translation. Mm -hmm. But the, the, but the best translation that most people say is the New American Standard. Not the 1901, but the New American NASB, Standard. NASB, yeah. Mm -hmm. Is the best translation you can get. So, Jack, what if there was a prophecy in Daniel that said, in the end of days, a power from the West is going to cross the face of the whole earth without touching the ground and jump on a rack and break them down and after that, jump on Iran and break them down, the Medes and the Persians. And they cross the face of the whole earth without touching the ground to do that. Oh, I don't even like that idea. It's in Daniel 8. Read it. Ooh. This stuff happens. It's for real. This is more tangible than anything you could lay hands on. Right, Earl? Right. Now, I'm going to go fast. I'll, verse 43, I want to talk about that. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, verse 39, And after you shall rise another king, inferior to yours, then a third kingdom of bronze, and a third, and, and shall rule over all the earth. Medes and Persians defeated the, the uh, Babylonians. The Grecians defeated the Medes and Persians. Alexander the, the Great. Right, Alexander the Great. And Rome, phase one, defeated the Grecians. So that's what we're talking about here. Now, we, we'll get into that more in detail in chapter 7. It gives a little more detail. But Daniel calls him beast. Came out of the earth or the sea. Mm -hmm. 
verse 40, And the fourth kingdom shall be as iron, strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters all things, and like an iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush the others. In other words, the Roman Empire will defeat all the others and have elements of all the others within it. See, the other three kingdoms, when they defeated the previous kingdom, they'd leave their culture intact and go on. The Romans did not. They broke everything in pieces and put their own culture in place. Verse 41, Whereas you saw the feet and toes. Now that's phase two of the Roman Empire. We haven't seen that yet. We see it being organized. Right. It's about to come. Mm -hmm. The potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with clay. In other words, what's coming, they won't adhere to each other. They're going to mingle. But the iron, iron is different than clay, right? Mm, they won't much. adhere to each other. Mm -hmm. They won't adhere to each other. Verse 42, And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdoms will be partly strong and partly fragile or weak. 43, So if you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay, you will mean... Now, I'm going to read slow and pay attention to what's been said here. And I'm going to tell you what I saw on TV today. Okay. Verse 43, And you saw iron mixed with clay. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. What is the seed of men? Human beings, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody clear on that? Mm -hmm. The seed of, who's they? Nephilim. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. Well, let me tell you what I saw on TV this morning. And I was sitting there, I was drinking coffee, and I had the news on. And this woman came on and was given some, I won't say news, but given some information. Then it switched back to the two commentators, the women that was on the news, and it had under there, this is a digital human, this, this woman. Artificial intelligence. Yeah. Oh. And she was talking, and I could not tell her different from her from a real person. I, you could not tell it. And they said this is going to happen. Guess when? Soon. Two thousand twenty-four. This coming year. This coming year. This coming year. That's going to happen. And they asked this one commentator, "What are you going to do?" She, he said, oh, "She said I need to get another job." So we're going to be listening to robots, which these things are demon-controlled. Oh, absolutely. Well, now, they can be. If they, but who's going to control them? Demon-possessed people. Yeah. Satan, ultimately. Ultimately. So they, in this context, are not human beings. That's why it said deception would rule rampant mm -hmm. in the end times. Mm -hmm. Another prophecy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you can see what this is going to do if, if you have robots doing human being jobs. It's going to put people totally out of work. Yeah, they got John Wayne coming out with new movies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That'd be creepy, though. And I want to finish these two verses. Verse 44, In the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. That's the second coming in the beginning of the millennium. Yeah. His kingdom. And it will not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. So that is the millennium. When God comes back at the second coming, at Armageddon, puts a stop to all this human rule and set up, sets up his own kingdom on earth. Can I interrupt a second? Well, absolutely. 
We were just talking about AI, which is going to end up ruling us. It's coming, it's coming. To some degree, yeah. How's it going to come rule? I mean, we'll be starving to death. If you go into the to the tribulation, I just know who I'm going to talk about. Who goes into the tribulation? Unbelievers. The tribulation only starts with non-believers. Mm-hmm. We're raptured. The church is gone. The church is ended. We're in heaven. There, the beginning of the tribulation is non-believers. Now there's going to be people born <coughs> in the tribulation. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people fit, saved in the tribulation in the physical bodies and come out on the other side. There's going to be non-believers. But what they're going to have to do is go through the mark of the beast. Now, to me, that's the, that's the real, real unpardonable sin. Mm-hmm. If you take the mark of the beast, you can't be saved. You've had it. Now, there's going to be certain people that do not take the mark of the beast. Now, if you, had, if you was a younger person, Mr. Rapture had a wife and lovely kids, and in that time period, you, you go to the grocery store and try to buy groceries. Got your cart full. Come up to the checkout to see you more. You didn't have it. Your kids are going to starve to death. What would you do? You, if you took the mark of the beast, you'd be lost. If you didn't take the mark of the beast, you're going to starve to death. And you're right. They're going to starve to death. Yeah. The key thing here in this whole picture is don't have to be in that, put in that position. Be saved and go to the rapture. God has made a way. You made away. And the people that take the mark during the tribulation mm-hmm. are going to be deceived. They're not yeah, going to realize if I do this, that's the end. Yeah. But maybe you ought to expound a little bit on the Antichrist and what's going to happen, that period of turmoil so great on earth that this character is going to show up, this Antichrist guy, and seemingly put peace back together again. That's yeah. what starts the tribulation. That's right. But I, think this, I think this war in the Middle East is going to expand until it gets to a boiling over point, and then this man of peace comes in on the white horse, and um, bad news. Yeah, he's the antichrist, but everybody thinks he's great. Mm-hmm. So I would really he makes have... a false covenant with the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, that's that's the reason that you know many people believe the rapture of the church will immediately begin the tribulation. Well, the Bible don't see that. It loosens the vehicles that does begin the tribulation, but the rapture of the church, the antichrist can't come. Until the rapture takes place, if you see somebody and they say, "I know who the Antichrist is," there's two problems. Number one, he's confused and get away from him as fast as you can. Or you got a problem, you've missed the rapture. So what is we, we settled on this verse one time. I'll just read it. It's Deuteronomy 24 and 5. When a man hath taken a new wife, he shall not go out to war, neither shall he be charged with any business, but he shall be free at home one year and shall cheer up his wife, which he has taken. God won't violate his own word, so there's going to be a year when he has not gone to war against, you know. The, anyway. But that's Daniel 2. Now, like I said, next week, I don't know how far we'll get. Usually in my teaching, we don't get very far. <laughs> but I, I do want to... No, this is good. It always I, is. I still want to straighten out the first resurrection versus the second resurrection versus the millennium. Now, I'm going to suggest to you, and you've studied this, there is no first resurrection in the millennium. There are saints in the millennium. Now, to be saints, you have to be saved, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So if there's no first resurrection in the winter in, in the millennium, what has to happen at the end of the millennium? Well, there's a white throne judgment. That's for lost people. Yeah. Totally for lost people. How are you saved in the millennial kingdom is the question? Is what? The question. The saved people. What happens to the saved people at the end of the millennium? I'll put it that way. We're saved in the millennium? Now, we would go into the New Jerusalem. In their physical body? Glorified body? Well, how do they get the glorified body? There's got to be another resurrection. There's got to be another resurrection if they could get them. They can't get them. I don't know. Let me give you this question. I need answers. I need answers. No more questions. (laughs) (laughs) In the rapture that's coming. The dead in Christ shall rise first, right? The Lord descends from heaven to help the washed our faith in the trouble of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. That's the one that died. They get the glorified body. And we that are alive and remain, we'll be caught up together with them. Right. We're going to be transformed, right? right? Why can't the Old Testament millennial saints be transformed like we are that's alive at the rapture? Without dying. Without dying. True. There's that in Matthew 27. It's the only place in the Bible it is. Where uh, you know the veil's torn and the oh, that, that's another thing I want to get into. The, the, the spirits, the saints came out of the grave. Yeah. What do they represent? That's something else I want to get into. What do, What do they represent? It's another question, Earl. Answer. Need answers. After the resurrection of Christ, the Old Testament, many of the Old Testament saints came out of the grave and appeared to many in Jerusalem. Right. Right. That represents something. What? <laughs> question. That's another question. <laughs> I swear, man, I'm leaving here with more questions than I had. We'll, we'll straighten that out next week. Study okay. the, that, that's when we're getting into the feast. The feast of first fruits, which is the barley harvest, and the feast of Pentecost, which is the wheat harvest. Now, I know everybody understands that. <laughs> yeah, we do. Ah. Uh, that's another question. And Daniel, one thing, if you believe what you were talking about a while ago and Jesus went to the... Yeah. That's okay. You may be right. Well, thanks. Uh, I could be wrong, too. <laughs> Just ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the cross set those guys free just like it set us free. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. I just think that... I think the angels came to paradise that, up there. He, they needed to hear that name above all names. Yeah. To be saved. And I think the angels went and... and, and Spread the word to them and carried them to heaven. Because they carried Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, John the Baptist just preceded Christ by, what, six months? Uh-huh. In death? I think he, he probably was... said, they're coming. He's coming. Yeah, I saw him. He's coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's your opinion on that? We said. Did Jesus go and preach to the Old Testament saints? In, now, in prison or in Hades or... Mm-hmm. Now, we did, what we read a while ago in First Peter chapter 3, we know by the context that was the people that was before the flood, right? right? That was non-believers. Now, in Ephesians chapter 5, he sent to captivity. Now, they weren't captives. They sure were in captivity. And they had to be set free. But I think when he descended to the cross and he shed his blood... There would be uh, saints that died during 
that that time before the flood, right? Uh, it would be anything before Abel, the rapture. Abel, yeah, uh, yes, for instance, yes, Abel and uh, Enoch and. Well, Enoch, okay, was, um, Enoch was translated, though. I heard a question today. I think it's time to quit. Yeah, it's just over now. Go ahead. <laughs> now, let's hear this. Huh? They, and I, I, you know, it, this is another question. <laughs> <laughs> this guy asked the question. There's three people that never saw death. That's right. Who were they? Enoch, Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the actions was Christ. That's not true. Christ died. Yeah. The act, the, the answer to that, and, and you can go either way on this. Was Melchizedek? I was gonna say Melchizedek. I think that's Christ. Well, well a lot you of did people too. Right? Do. A lot yeah. of people do. There's no recording of his birth. There's no recording of his history. I think he was a real person. But you believe he's died? I mean, that can go fifty-fifty. Yeah. It was a Christophany or a Theophany? Wasn't well, a lot it? of people believe that. It I says he was without beginning a date. He so. also says he was without father or uh -huh. mother, and I yeah. don't think that just means that his father and mother were dead. I think it means he didn't have a father or mother. Well, and he's always been from the beginning. In but, the beginning, but Jesus had a father. Well, that's true, but I mean, I think yeah, no, I think no father or mother. I really do. I do too. But he manifested himself as a Christophany. Well, he could have. He, I, I mean, I wouldn't say that he did before, well, so who knows? Yeah, but that would be the answer to that question. Enoch, Elijah, and Melchizedek. Well, could, couldn't Melchizedek be set up like a, like a type mm -hmm. of what Christ? Well, that's kind of what we what would say. Well, yeah. you know, Abraham gave him a tithe. If he's just some dude, you know. Well, he uh, says he, did, he was the uh, the ruler or president, if we want to put it that way, over Salem. Yeah. Now Salem, we all knew what peace. Jerusalem, yeah, peace. Salem, yeah. Salem. He was the king of Salem. High priest. High priest. There's only three people or that's been kings and priests. Now you know, and I'm gonna hush you right here, okay? In the Bible, the kings and priests came through different lineage. The kings came through Judah, right? The priests came through Levi. These three people in the Bible that are both kings and priests. Do you know who they were? I just had one synopsis fire here a okay. second ago. Solomon came up to be one, but I'm not sure. No. Not Solomon? I was going to say that uh, too. John the Baptist followed David? Jesus? Melchizedek? And us, the church. Well, we would have never figured that out. No. <laughs> we are royal priesthood. That is what it says. Yeah. Well, let's join hands. Gordon, you want to give it another go this time? We'll give it a try. All right. Your God up above, thank you for allowing us to have this meeting tonight. It's We've learned a lot. And uh, I want you to bless everybody here. Make sure everybody has a safe trip home. And also, there's some people that are dying in Israel and Palestine for no apparent reason. And by that, we all pray. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Amen.